Well, welcome, Gateway. It's so good to be back um, speaking to you. And as we continue this series that I've been loving, which is on the portraits of Jesus, as uh, we see them written about in the Gospel of John. Why is this so important? Well, we had a, a great quote from Tony Scarcello that I'll continue. As Christians, our primary task is to reveal who God is to the world. And the good news is God is like Jesus. So if you've missed all of our series from last year, let me just catch you up on it. We started with uh, the wedding at Canaan where Jesus turned the water into wine and we, we use this beautiful portrait of the laughing Jesus and we said that he is a God of joy and laughter who is planning the greatest celebration in the universe for his children. And then we looked at the story of, of Jesus going into the temple and overturning the tables and this was a portrait of the angry Jesus and it showed us that God's priority is justice, mercy and compassion and justice calls for righteous anger when people are being oppressed. Then we, we looked at Jesus and uh, Nicodemus and we saw the challenging Jesus. Jesus calls every one of us to a new start in him. Jesus and the woman at the well, it was the inclusive Jesus that even though this woman was was uh, so rejected by normal society that Jesus can use any humble and willing heart to champion the kingdom. Feeding the 5,000, that amazing miracle, we saw the abundant Jesus. God wants to give us everything that we need to accomplish his will for us. And I love this picture of Jesus just soaking in the true riches of God. The woman caught in adultery, and as I heard someone say this week, why don't we call a story the men caught in hypocrisy? Well, we saw the merciful Jesus, that our God is mercy, compassion and forgiveness. And then just before Christmas, we looked at the cosmic Christ. His power and authority is beyond our human imagination. He's not just the baby in the manger, but he's the one who flung the stars into place. Well, let's jump back into the portraits of Jesus at John chapter 9 with the story of Jesus healing a blind man, which is one of many stories of Jesus healing in, that are recorded in the gospel. Walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause and effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. When night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I am in the world, there is plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this and then spit in the dust, made a clay paste with the saliva and rubbed the paste on the blind man's eyes and said, go and wash at the pool of Siloam. The man went and washed and saw. Well, a whole lot of fuss starts to break out here because Jesus actually did this healing on the Sabbath. And according to Jewish law, that was a sin believe it or not. So the arguments start. 
this, this is a miracle, so this guy must be from God. And then the other side says, how can he be from God if he breaks the law? So they pull in the guy's parents, typical Jewish mother. Is it true that your son was blind and now he can see? Go ask him yourself. He's an adult. So they called the man back a second time, the man who was born blind and, and told him, give credit to God. You know this man is an imposter. He replied, I know nothing about that one way or the other, but I know one thing for sure. I was blind. Now I can see. Well, the story goes on to tell us that this guy starts to preach to the Pharisees. How can you not believe him when he does something so miraculous? Back to the scriptures. They said, you're nothing but dirt. How dare you take that tone with us? Then they threw him out in the street. Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out and went and found him. And he asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man says, Point him out to me, sir, so that I can believe in him. Jesus says, you're looking right at him. Don't you recognise my voice? Master, I believe, the man said, and worshipped him. Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see and those who have, been, who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Wow, what a story. Jesus is the absolute master at turning worldly wisdom upside down. The man from the dregs of society, the one is, who is supposed to be a sinner and blind, is now the truth seer living in the light. The authorities, who are supposedly pure and the seers of all truth, are now shown to be blind and living in darkness. The theme of having our eyes open to what is really happening is a central one in the life of Jesus. Now, we know Jesus came to earth to sacrifice himself for our sins, but he was also sent to proclaim the reality of God's kingship on this earth he is in charge. He is the Lord of this universe. Nothing is outside of his loving awareness and care. He came to push back against fake news, the so-called news that God is a lie or is distant and uncaring. And he came to gather a people whose eyes are open to the reality of the spiritual world. He says, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day. When I first saw the movie The Matrix 20 years ago, I was struck by the powerful analogy of the mission of Jesus that it contained. It pictured a world where most people were living a constructed reality that was computer generated. They thought they were living truth, but it was a lie. And a small group led by the intrepid Neo dedicated themselves to breaking down that lie and revealing the real world. Now, I'm not saying that humanity is actually plugged into an alien life force. Then again, who knows? But I do believe that the majority of good people in Australia are living their lives with no idea that they are known 
and loved by the God who created them and that their lives have purpose beyond the day-to-day grind of jobs and kids and mowing the lawn. If their spiritual eyes were open, what beauty and goodness would they see? I was walking on the pier one of these perfect summer mornings this week, just thanking God for his beauty and his goodness. And I looked around at the many Frankstonians that were enjoying the sun and the water. I wanted to stop on the pier and shout, good people, these are the gifts of the God who created you and loves you. You are not alone. You'll probably be very glad to know I didn't actually do that. This passage of scripture in John 9 can teach us so much about fighting the matrix, a false way of seeing the world. When Jesus' disciples saw this poor blind man, they asked a question based on their current religious teaching, which was fake news. If you were sick, disabled, in biblical times, the, the accepted wisdom was that someone must have sinned. So they ask, who was it? Was it his mother, his father? In our world, we're not that cruel. If a baby was born today with a disability, we would surround the parents with love and compassion, not search for their sins. But aren't we tempted to look for blame for something like a world pandemic? Is this God's judgment on an unbelieving world? Whose fault is is it? Why did God let it happen? Jesus' reply to his disciples invites us to open our eyes and see through the matrix, see in a new way. In verse 3, Jesus says, You're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame, but there's no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. I love that so much. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. Now that verse, in just a few words, gives us a masterclass in how to think and behave in a crisis situation. And here it is. Don't blame God for the bad stuff that happens. Don't look for where you or others offended God in a way that invited punishment. Instead, open your spiritual eyes to see where God is going to move in powerful ways because he is always on the move. Now, I want to read that again because I think it is so important. Don't blame God for the bad stuff that happens. Don't look for where you or others offended God in a way that invited punishment. Instead, open your spiritual eyes to see where God is going to move in powerful ways because he is always on the move. And then Jesus says to his disciples, we need to be energetically at work for the one. So as well as opening our eyes to what God is doing, we need to remember that. The first place God wants to move is through you and me. I don't know how many times I've prayed for God to do something and heard him say, I am planning to do something and you're the one who is going to do it. 
It's a life discipline to train yourself to see through spiritual eyes what God is doing. You know, we are fed on a steady diet of bad news through the mainstream and social media. I'm not denying that there is so much pain and brokenness in our world. But every day, in thousands of ways, God is using people like you and me to break through darkness with small kindnesses and compassion. Every day, people are being healed. Every day, relationships are being restored. Every day, injustices are being righted. Every day, good things are happening to people. Imagine a news program that included only those stories. Now, here's an idea that I think is worth pursuing. You know, when our family gathers around the dinner table, we will often ask, what was the high and low of your day? Now, what if you asked another question? Where did you see God at work today? Now, my grandkids might answer in the yummy smarties on my biscuit. My young adult son or daughter might say in the beauty of the beach on an early morning run. I might say in the inspiration that he gave me for a teaching series I was working on. My husband might say in the amount of funds that have been raised to keep the school going in PNG. My elderly mum would have talked about the kindness of the carer who helped her shower that day. Just imagine how our spiritual eyes could be gradually opened to the gracious activity of God in our everyday lives if we just stopped and asked that question every day. We could start to see through the matrix to the true reality of a God-soaked world. This relates so beautifully to the reaction of the once blind man when he is grilled by the authorities about who healed him. They want details. They want him to deny what he has experienced. And there was a lot riding on the way he answered. The Pharisees were preparing to throw him out of the temple and that that meant being rejected again by society. You know, he's been in that terrible place all of his life. And now as a restored, healed man, he is within reach of society's acceptance if he will only declare Jesus a sinner for breaking the Sabbath rules. But his answer has reverberated through history as one of the greatest statements of pushing back against the matrix, of standing for truth. He replied, I know one thing for sure. I was blind, but now I can see. Once I thought this world was only full of brokenness, but now I can see God's beauty and restoration breaking breaking out everywhere. Once you start to see the activity of God around you, you cannot unsee it. You may not understand the finer points of theology. You may not have all the answers. You may not know your Bible all that well, but you cannot deny the difference that Jesus has made in your life. You have a truth embedded in your heart. I was blind, but now I can see. I am so grateful to Jesus for allowing me to see with spiritual eyes that every one of you who has accepted Jesus as Lord is on that same journey with me. 
and we will spend our lives seeking to see with, with greater clarity. I see beauty in the physical world and I know that God is a loving creator. I see kindness and goodness in people and know that it sources the Holy Spirit whether that person acknowledges him or not. I see sacrificial service given for the sake of others and I know that is God at work in unseen ways. So what is our response when we see God moving, healing, restoring? Like the blind man, there is no other choice but worship. Master, I believe, the man said, and worshipped him. The Greek words that we used here for Master, I believe, are the same words that were used by Thomas when he encounters the risen Jesus and puts his hands into his scars. He falls to his knees and he says, Lord, I believe. We're not just talking about belief, but wholehearted giving of our lives in worship to Jesus Christ. That is what happens to us when our eyes are open and we truly see Jesus. We are knocked to our knees in worship and surrender. So what does this portrait of Christ tell us about God? He so wants to open our spirits to the true realities of this world, the joy and the hope that we've been missing. He is Lord. We are loved. His kingdom will never end. Come join him. Jesus said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day. We allow him to wash away our blindness and we say with confidence, I was blind and now I can see. Just before we pray, let me share my choice of portraits for this week. This is one of those images that has just been burned into my spiritual eyes. I love it so much. When I feel like I'm sinking under a ton of water, I look up and I see his hand reaching down and I know all I need to do is reach up and grab it. This image may not be reality in the physical world, but it is reality in the spiritual world. Ask Jesus to open your eyes and see. Let's pray. I wonder whether you could, in your imagination, as you have that picture in your mind, imagine yourself taking that hand and feel him lifting you up out of the water into the clear air. Jesus, thank you for washing away our blindness. But we need that washing every hour of every day because the darkness so quickly creeps back into our hearts. Help us to start today, this week, to choose to see you at work in a million different ways. 
Help us to hear your voice calling us to be part of that work so we are not just bystanders cheering God on, but active servants of the Most High. And Lord, I particularly want to pray for parents of uh, children that are going back to school this week. I pray against fear. I pray against anxiety. I pray that uh, it will be a joyous reunion of the kids with their teachers and their, and their uh, fellow students. And I just pray, Lord, for a, for a supernatural um, stilling of this virus over kids at school, that very soon we will, we will see the back of this, uh, this spike in numbers and we can start to live life as we would like to live it. Jesus, you are a good God. As we open our eyes today, in the spiritual, we see your goodness. We see the hope that you want to give us. And we thank you that we were blind. But now, you're helping us to start to see. Amen.